In foul sunny weather is teamwork Oh, I stop, collaborate and listen I sit back in my brain when you can't wash out the taste of rotten fruits Salted looks and herbs, if it ain't made with love, then it ain't fit to suck, I heard. The big thing people are asking me is that I need to know more about collaboration. And I think people are finally getting, with the speed of change nowadays, that you can't learn everything by yourself. If you want to stay up to date, you need to learn from other people. Um... Welcome to another episode of Chillin' Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. I'm O. I'm No. And together we make Oh, oh No. no. <laughs> oh No. <laughs> so what's in store for us today, No? Um, well, today we're going to talk about the beauty of collaboration. Ah, I like collaboration. Yeah, we're collaborating right now. Um, and our life innovator today has actually really thrived through her ability to connect with strangers and work towards achieving all the things she sets out to do. Um, Yana Gilboina is the founder of Solo Series, a pop-up dinner that's been traveling around the country and working with local people and spaces to bring traditional Filipino cuisine to all sorts of palettes everywhere. So please welcome Yana. Hi, guys. It's hey, so Yana. nice to be here. Oh, and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Yana, I actually went to your first pop-up dinner. Yes. That was your first one ever? That was my first one ever. You were initiated. Yeah. This was like two years ago, was Two it? years ago. Yeah. It was like so cool. So it was like my friend was like, do you want to go to this pop-up dinner? And we bought tickets online. It was like in, um, you already knew Nyla, but yes. uh, it was like, yeah, in the McGimmon lofts. So if you live in New York or you've been in New York, you know, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, we go and there's just like tables covered in banana leaf and everything was like served like on the banana leaf and like you just ate with strangers. It was so delicious too. I was just like, this is such a cool experience to just like go to a dinner and just like interact with people in this new way. Yeah. And the best part is like a lot of them like became new friends, you know, like yeah. after that dinner, they were all like, oh, let's hang out more. And I'm just like, this is, this is why I do those dinners. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Super awesome. Um, so like it's, so how did it evolve? Um, so like from where I started, you yeah. saw that, um, that was kind of sort of like my first dinner so it was kind of like a shit show <laughs> can i say that yeah absolutely it was, all, say it was all friends and friends of friends mostly at that point because yeah. it, i mean it's your first one it was your first one so it was more of like you know essentially i thought i was going to get 25 people uh-huh but then 45 people came yeah. that night and i was like well it, it was a good thing that i didn't know how to portion stuff so in my head i was like 25 people i'm gonna buy 25 pounds of chicken no that's a lot of chicken you know and I'm like didn't know shit but after that like you know you learn and learn and uh, the more that I did the dinners um the more that it really got me into thinking that this is something that I love to do and this is something that I don't mind doing the work for because the first time I put on that dinner it was like a lot of planning like finding the location, doing the branding, making the menu, sourcing the ingredients, marketing it out there, sending PR stuff. And it's like, you know, it was a little crazy to do it alone. Yeah. You know? 
And, um, but the more that I did it, the more that I was thinking, oh, this is something that if I just devote my time to it, I can actually do it. And I wanted to do a bi-coastal one like LA, New York at first. Cause I was like, oh, it's great. You know, it will yeah. be like my side hustle, you know, on the weekends I get to go to LA, you know, and yeah. see my friends. And then the next weekend I'm back in New York and do another pop-up, you know, and then in between the week, like I have my normal nine to five. Mm-hmm. And Which was? I was uh, doing PR and marketing for uh, an Australian furniture company. Oh, cool. So, like, I mean, that obviously helped you know how to do your own PR and marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you weren't a chef. No. Uh, as, a, as by trade. No, I, I wasn't. <laughs> like, I was just like... Uh, like a hobbyist, I would even say that. Like, I'm not like a professional home cook. No, I was just like, I like to cook. Mm-hmm. And I like to cook for my friends. You know, that's our deal. But I think it got me thinking before um, that no one was doing Filipino food really, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, no one was doing it in that format as well. Like presenting food on banana leaves and eating with your hands and a lot of people do present Filipino food, but it's all like plated nicely, super shishi. And I'm just like, no, I want it to be more fun, accessible and kind of like breaking, breaking convention yeah. in that sense of like, what is dining? And then you're like, so is this not considered dining now? Because there are no plates, there are no utensils. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and some people are, to be honest, are put off by that, you know, yeah. that they're just like, this is not what I, I wanted. I have to eat with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's the spoon? Where's the fork? I need a fork. I don't know how to eat with my hands. And yeah. I'm just like, dude, you're a baby once, right? You know, <laughs> like the same. <laughs> I mean, you're going to starve if you're not going to use your hands. It's up to you, that's you know, so but funny. there's no, yeah. no utensils. That's my rules, you well, know? I mean, the ritual of serving and how you actually consume food is a big part of culture. Yes. And we, I I think it's easy, especially in America where everything's commoditized. It's just about the actual plate and maybe the person looks like the person. Put the place that you think the food yeah. comes from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And maybe there's some music, but that's like as far as we go to try to be like, oh, this is what it would like to be eating this culture's yeah. food. Yeah. And I think another layer of what I do is that it's experiential dining. Yeah. You know, and it's not just about there's food in front of you and then there's music. No, it's about the textures of the food interacting with your tactile senses, with your um, olfactory nerves, you know, and how radical. So oh it's, my like, God. <laughs> it's funny. It's like a collaboration between your senses. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Which is a like symphony. S- symphony. symphony. <laughs> I think we need more greens for this. <laughs> No, that's so true. And then, the, and then the actual ritual of eating with strangers and like eating with your hands—it feels. It's like you see me, you see me picking up food with my hands and shoving it in my face. Like we're <laughs> friends now. Real friends. How many of us? How many of us? How many <laughs> exactly. Like there's no holds barred. You know? Like it's just like free for all, and it's one way to just like kind of get really intimate with your food and also share this intimacy with other people because all of you guys 
don't know what the hell you're doing and you don't know what the food is anyway. So it, it sparks conversation as well. Like, Oh, is this how you do it? And then, but then there's no right or wrong way. And you know, yeah, I was just, you know, what was interesting the other, so when I, I went and took some photographs of a pop-up dinner she did the other night in, in Brooklyn. And, um, there was a guy there who was like sitting and he was eating, but he was also photographing, you know, who's like taking very beautiful photographs. But I was just like, does he keep one hand clean for the camera? Because like, I like would be like, shit, like, do I get a utensil at least? So I don't have to fuck up my camera with like, with all the, so, with all the yeah, sauce and yeah. chicken. And, like, <laughs> yeah, I think he was a, uh, well, I think he was Filipino. So he's probably oh, like, like g- good at this. He's, he's good at this. Like, just, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, uh, so how did this idea first come about? to actually do pop-up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, it was like totally winter in Brooklyn and I was like, I want the soup, which is called arroz caldo, which literally means hot rice. <laughs> but it's a chicken porridge that's very gingery. It's kind of like congee. Uh-huh. Um, and it's very common, especially in the provinces. Like it's comfort food. Right, right. Know? When you're sick or like when, when you're cold. When yeah. it's cold and you yeah. just want something like a warm hug, you know? and I really wanted it. And I was like, where can I order it? <laughs> and I'm like, this is New York. This is so ridiculous that I can't seamless Filipino food yeah. you know, to yeah. my door. And this is supposed to be the melting pot of cultures where everyone is so diverse and they meet and intersect and collaborate. And why can't I have my own food? You know? Do you know the population in New York for Filipinos? Oh, we're a lot. Yeah. Like in the, I would say like five digit thousands or even more, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I grew up in the East Bay area and there was, I went to school with like, I feel like maybe 30% of my school was Filipino, my high school uh, in Pinole. You know, yeah. Pinole. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is like, there was a ton of Filipino people and there were some Filipino restaurants like, you know, there's like Jolly, there's Jollibee's in San yes. Francisco. And then there's this really good, um, I forget what it's called, what the name of the restaurant is, but there's a really good Filipino restaurant, but they still, it sticks to like chicken adobo, lumpia, like holo holo, that kind of stuff. Like Pansi. favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Where like, you're not really going to get it unless my brother would bring home food from his friend's parties and you're like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, yeah this is amazing. They don't sell this anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the other thing that I've been struggling too, because it's like the Philippines as an archipelago um, has so many regions and regional food from the different islands differ very, very greatly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, why is this so spicy? I thought Filipino food was not spicy. And I'm like, well, it's still Filipino food. You know, (laughs) it's just from a different region or like... There's a lot of coconut milk. I didn't think Filipino food had a lot of coconut milk. And I'm just like, well, you know, I mean, you know, expanding your horizons now. It's not just adobo. It's not just pancit. It's not just lumpia. Like, Mm -hmm. these are the common ones, especially more northern, Mm -hmm. I would say, like Mm -hmm. in close to the capital, like in Metro Manila. And it's pretty much across the board. Like, if you go to other islands, they will always have that. So it's the common, those are the common foods. But... Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to do was to just kind of share that there's a lot more to our cuisine than what is being presented to people right now. I think that's fascinating because even within 
this relatively small island compared to like the United States, for example, mm-hmm. like there's so much diversity in food, which I would imagine is um, influenced by the people, but probably also some of the food that's grown there and yeah. different thing, historical events that have occurred yes. in different yeah. places, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but that's also a big part of uh, your pop-ups as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Because you source the food in each region of where you go and serve it. Yes. So, uh, yeah, could you talk a little bit more about that? Um, well, because um, essentially, I've always kind of argued that, especially when people are like, oh, but this is not traditional Filipino. Why are you serving kale or like asparagus in there? We don't have asparagus and kale in the Philippines. And I'm like, well, the thing that people need to remember is that people made dishes according to what they grew in their backyards, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you apply that same concept of where you are right now, as long as the flavors are there, you're still using like soy sauce, shrimp paste, fish sauce. I think the other components should not be a deal breaker in yeah. that sense, you know, and as long as you're not totally compromising stuff, like maybe when you make you know, a shrimp paste hollandaise, then that's <laughs> not Filipino food anymore. You know, yeah. like that's a little bit more in the fusion side. But I feel like traveling and sourcing everything locally and seasonally really helps to bridge that gap with like the people who live there and me who's actually introducing this cuisine to them. Because yeah. for me, I'm teaching them that they can be able to still recreate Filipino food with what they have. Well, yeah. And if you were coming, for, like, let's say you don't have a market that has all, like, you you know, you came from the Philippines and you're living in an area where they do, you don't have access to traditional Filipino ingredients, like, ingredients you're still going to cook what you know. Exactly. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh, this green looks like I could use it in place of that green. And, and yeah. Substitutions. And it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, so like, this is all like, based on the principle of collaboration because you travel to different states. All 50, with, right? All 50. Yes. You just did all 50 states yes. in 50, 50 weeks. weeks. Yes. Like a psychopath. A psychopath. I'm a killer. 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 Thanks. And sourcing all the food in that week or do you kind yeah. of look ahead a little oh, bit? Yeah. Yeah, um, you're just like, hey, once you get is- there, you see what's there. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, like I try to do research, you know, ahead of time or like kind of see what this, you know, state is known for. Like, for example, I was in Maryland and I was like, crabs, <laughs> obviously, you know, <laughs> but like the time that I was there, crabs were not available seasonally. Yeah. You know, so I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is so disappointing. I've always wanted to cook with Maryland crabs and yeah. they're like, well, due to the effects of global change, you know, uh-huh. weather change, the crabs are not out because the waters are still cold. And we're like, no, are you serious? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it doesn't matter that if I make the menu ahead of time and then I get there, I won't be able to get it. Like, I'd rather not put myself in that situation. Yeah. So then how do you like, so you stay with people, mm-hmm. you go, you do these dinners in other restaurants or private residences. Yeah. So this is all like just you working with other people. Yes. And, and, and local, that's so crazy. Well, so like humans actually are born with an intrinsic motivation to collaborate with others, like as compared to other animals. So it's actually really, really natural. Um, it's arguably why we've like 
conquer this entire planet in a way. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it's our ability to collaborate and share intentions. I like that. I so, really yeah. like that. Yeah. Actually, even kit, you know, even like a like through childhood, kids are always drawn to work with others and they most often like work and play in small groups. And um, a lot of science has gone behind this to see like how this affects people as they grow up and work and mm-hmm. people who work in cl- in healthy collaborative environments tend to stay at their jobs longer. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually tend to be more relaxed and enjoy their work yeah. too, as long as everyone is like listening and Pay, you know, everyone gets to contribute equally. Yeah. And you're not having like somebody domineering. So, yeah. It's actually just like such an important part of society. just like society, right? And, and well, food a, is the most natural. It's our foundation place. for culture, yeah. too. Yeah. And, you know, like there are other animals that collaborate, like ants collaborate, but they don't necessarily have culture in the way that we do. And it's a big, it, it's based off of this ability to be able to collaborate and create. share intentions yes and then you come up with language and that's the foundation of culture because you have to communicate with somebody what your intentions are exactly and also for them to be receptive to that intention yeah 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 have you dealt with that when um i guess when you're doing pop-ups (laughs) pop-ups and (laughs) and you're just like yeah your life is Literally, like, you're building the plane as you're flying it, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's it's weird because it's like, you know, I get so many people from all walks of life. And sometimes you just don't know really what you're going to get. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we'd be communicating via Facebook or via email. And then they're totally opposite when I meet them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they totally don't understand what this project is about and they think in their head it's a different thing. So they're already, it, it creates kind of like this weird like misunderstanding mm. of the intention as yeah. you just mm-hmm. said. And sometimes those collaborations don't work, you know? Mm-hmm. And there are times when people just get me. Like, it's amazing, you know? And I'm just <laughs> like, I don't need to say anything. They're just like, oh, yeah, we're doing this now. Boom, boom, boom. We organized like a pop up in like two days. Awesome, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and it's these collaborations that make you feel really, really good about yourself and about the universe. You know? <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's conspiring. Yeah. <laughs> So like before you go to a place, are you like, do you, do you reach out to friends and say, Hey, I'm going to Utah next. Does anybody know anyone there? Oh like, yeah. And then you, you, it's all through referral and how do you, where do you stay? Like, how does this work? I'm just oh so God. fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've done that route, the Facebook route, but normally that's how I reach out first. Okay. Cause I'd rather go through friends of friends or mm-hmm. family of friends, whatever. And then the initial conversation of like telling them about the project, la la la. And if none of them are seem to be receptive to it, then I'll go the couch surfing route, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or, and you can kind of tell sometimes when you, you know, reach out to people and they're just like, Oh, you know, not so enthusiastic about it. And I try to talk to them on the phone too, because you get a sense. Yes. Cause you can actually laughing out yeah. loud. Yeah. Or they're just LOLing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Or communication is key always. So key. And then the tone of voice, you know, and you can just tell. Um, And then if that doesn't go well, last resort is like Airbnb. Yeah. You know, and, um, but I tried not to go through the Airbnb route just because I was on a budget. Yeah. Like I was traveling (laughs) with someone for, which was my, which is my friend. Um, She was supposed to be my documentarian. So we were supposed to document all the pop-ups in all 50 states in 50 weeks. Um, but, you know, this kind of traveling is not for everyone. So it's really exhaustive. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I travel too, you know, it's like one week here, boom. Like you get in Monday, I get my bearing straight on Tuesday, start planning on Wednesday, maybe have some free time Thursday and Friday. Saturday is like going to the market. Sunday is the dinner. Monday we leave again. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes, you know, I don't want to go out because A, I'm trying to save money. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not like a tour of like, let's go see all the bars and la la la. Like, no, (laughs) we can't do that. We can probably go to a nice dinner like once a week. The rest of it is ramen (laughs) and it's instant. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that's reality though. Like, it's like people think like, it's so glamorous to go travel across the country and do these amazing pop-ups. They just don't see, you know, what, I had to go through and just to yeah. make ends meet. And it's not all the time that I get to have, you know, luxuries of life, yeah. as they would call it. Resources are finite. Like, that's great yeah. if you're like an Instagram per Like, if you're like, you, you know, you're wealthy and you have like, yeah, you can take all these beautiful Instagram photos and arrange that. But that, yeah, if you, if you're trying to be realistic about pursuing something you're really interested in, you're going to have to cut back on some things oh, that yeah. you really enjoy. Yeah. Did you notice anything going just, you know, from state to state, uh-huh. different ways people collaborate or like oh, yeah. how they engage in collaboration? Um, they do vary from state to state. It's not like... And obviously you're making a jurisdiction about a state. Yeah, about just, a state. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think what I can, you know, generalize is people generally are drawn to food things, anything that's related to food. So it's easier to collaborate with food as a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And also there was like a charity component to Mm -hmm. my, to my project. So it was easier for them to like be empathic towards me because they know that it's kind of like a solo crusade yeah. of some yeah. sorts, you know? Yeah, totally. You're like, oh, I'm feeding, and I'm eating good food, I'm meeting new people, and I'm helping the charity. Do you want to tell us yes, a little bit about please. the charity aspect? Yeah, of course. Um, so I uh, I partnered with this uh, charity called ARC. So mm-hmm. it's called Advancement for Rural Kids. Um, so I'm from the Visayas in the Philippines. So it's in the middle region. So I kind of get both north and south and we kind of, we, we would always say we're the stomach of the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and so when Typhoon Haiyan hit, um, that was really hard for me because... Here, two responders remove a body from a massive field of debris. Relief officials are worried the decaying bodies will create health risks for survivors, many of whom are drinking water from wells, not knowing if it's contaminated. For now, we don't have enough water. 
even though we, we are not sure that it is clean and safe, we still drink for it because we need to survive. What, do, what, what can I do? You know, like, I really want to help out my friends back home. I want to help out the community. And I just felt so powerless. And then my friends are like, oh, you're so stupid. I was <laughs> like, why? And they're like, you know, you can do a fundraising dinner. I was like, uh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> like, I feel like you're powerless. I know, and I'm just like, oh, there is power in food. You know what yeah. I mean? And people, and it was so beautiful because it was in Greenpoint and people just like really came together for that. And when I was planning the 50 state tour, I was like, I have to keep pushing this because this is like a, like a full circle. Like I'm doing something in food and at the same time I'm giving back to the community, to the country that nourished me. So it was, it was like a beautiful poetic <laughs> project, you know? Um, but what they do is they um, rebuild the schools in areas that have been affected by Typhoon Haiyan and they have a farming and feeding program. So they actually teach the kids to grow their own produce and be more sustainable in the long run. Yeah. Self-sufficient. Yeah. That's, That's wonderful yeah. <laughs> yeah like you literally have combined the things that you wanted to do the most I forgot to mention that during the time that I was trying to do the bi-coastal pop-ups, I got laid off from my real job. Whee! <laughs> so I was like, I had, I was at a crossroads of like whether I want to apply for another job in that same industry mm -hmm. or be like, F it. I'm just going to take this leap and keep doing pop-up dinners. And at that time, you know, pop-up dinners were getting more popular and all that stuff, but it wasn't like a sure, it wasn't a sure way to earn a living. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. 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 That, I'm sure that was scary. But like, was there a moment when you almost backed out or like? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like nearing like the middle part of it. And I felt like my entire life was just like crumbling down, you know, like my friend that I was traveling with was just like being a total bee's knees. So and I was like not having it, you know, because you're traveling with someone and you don't want to feel like you What's guys are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like another thing that I have to deal, deal with. with. Yeah. I have other things to deal with. Like, let's make it easy for the both of us. And it's not going that great. And at that time I had a boyfriend and it was also like hard <laughs> yeah. to like juggle like a boyfriend, a work wife, you know, yeah. and this project and also take care of myself, you know. Like. Yeah. Well, because it's ambitious to keep it on the move. Like there are, I know the pop-up dinners are more popular now, but they tend to be like the same place. That, like, yeah, once a week at the same place. Exactly. Whatever. Like it's, it's another thing to like uproot your whole life every seven days. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's crazy. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool and it's crazy, but like it 
did come to that point where I was just like, why am I even doing this? Like, I'm like, I miss Brooklyn. I miss my apartment. I miss my friends. I miss having a routine. I miss, you know, being able to go to my local bar and just grab a drink when I have a shitty day. No, yeah. can't do that. And you can't have that attitude either when you're traveling and when you're in strangers' houses. You just can't. Like, you have to have, like, this positive, engaging attitude because we're all made of energies anyway and people mm-hmm. like can feed off of that. Yeah. And if you're not in that state of mind or that, in that same energy, you know, it just kind of sets the tone for the rest of your trip. And I didn't want that. And yeah. you're making food. Yeah. yeah. That people are eating, eating and yeah. will translate over to the food. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> well, they say like in Ayurvedic, like with Ayurvedic cooking, like the most important thing is the attitude, like the attitude you bring while you're cooking, because yes. that will change that. That will affect the food. Yeah. Yeah. We have a friend. Oh, well, he's a specialist in it. And he talks about how like, yeah, you know, food goes through so much trauma. It's being like ripped from the trees and, you know, it's being put on this truck and like it goes through all this trauma. So when you get, get it back, you need to take care of it. You need to be like, you need to be like, Hey, it's going to be okay. So you can like relieve the trauma. He's like, he's, I don't eat at anybody's place. I don't know them. Oh my <laughs> he's god! Like, he's like intense. intense about he's it. like too intense. <laughs> but it's but he's he makes some good points. He, like he told me one time, he goes, um, "You don't bless the food. The food is the blessing. You just have to give it a let it know it has a happy home to arrive to." Oh, yeah, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's kind of sweet though. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he yeah. totally takes it to an extreme. But it did make me think. I had another friend who, even when you get takeout, he always yes. plates it. Yeah. And I thought that was like such an, I just eat out of the box. I'm like, yeah. whatever, get it in there. So she like, would like, always whatever. It. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. And I was like, oh, it seemed like a nicer meal. Like there's another yeah. chance yeah, when you like, get the food. A ritual. You treat it. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what food is all about. It's like yeah. ritual and community and basically just, you know that the, you know that the term hearth, like yeah. the old like Latin, or wait, it might be Latin. I don't know. The old term for hearth actually meant like, um, fire and home because like that's where you would cook right yes so like the hearth you know like and then that's essentially the kitchen yes like that's why the kitchen is always the most like it's literally the heartbeat of the house yeah that is true Mm, yeah like in every party everyone's always at the kitchen yeah my mom's always yelling at everyone (laughs) thanksgiving she was like i swear if i see any of you in the kitchen like I'm gonna she just meant like like because everyone starts hanging out like when yeah. the food's about to be ready and starts she's like if I see any of you in the kitchen when I say that it's time to sit down I'm gonna like lose it <laughs> just, like, get out of here because you can't help it yeah you can't help it you just want to like oh yeah okay. yeah, yeah I want to taste this yeah, yeah I want to pick the skin off the chicken and yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean food is so universal I thought it's interesting that you're saying how it was helpful to go from the food aspect and the charity aspect when you're working on your collaborations. Um, but kind of the reason why we picked a theme, I think just like hearing about your story, it sounds like you're, it must, it must take a lot of like trust and empathy on both ends yeah. for you to just like go to someone's house in a place, a stranger in a strange land. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just start serving food for the community, you yeah. know? And I guess I just want to know, like, where where does that come from with you? Or is that just something that's always been ingrained? Or did you have to, like, overcome some sort of trust things for yourself? Um, 
I think that's always been kind of with me. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I, I'm an only child, mm-hmm. you know, and I grew up with none of my parents there. And it was my grandma who actually raised me. And, you know, it's not like a typical childhood where your parents are there to just be like your constant um, pillars of strength and support. You know, it's like, I just learned to trust the people who are around me. And mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's what I retained, you know, growing up being like, you know, not everyone who's your family is your only source of support. It could be your friends. It could be someone else out there, you know, and yeah. it's great to not feel like everyone's out to get you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's really stressful yeah. to think yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I don't think I can live like that. I, know, I don't function well <laughs> like that. I've, I've ever again that same like, and yeah, you just kind of have to be open. Yeah. And, and I feel like being on this trip and, you know, just being out there and being as you said, open to new people and new experiences, it just kind of restored my faith in humanity. <laughs> you know, it's like everyone is so kind and so generous. Like in my heart of hearts, I'm like, I don't know how to repay you, you know, for your kindness, your generosity and all these things. And then, but then I guess I do get my repayment in terms of like, sometimes it's like the rewards are like, sometimes it would text me or send me a message and be like, oh, I keep dreaming about that thing that you cooked for me. Huh. Or like, we found that little package that you left and we we're just eating it now. And thank you so much. Like, you know, yeah. just the little things. Well, it's, yeah, the connection. Like, well, it always comes back to that. Yeah, yeah, I like what you said about you rethought family, though. Yeah. So it's like, you have a different... We have a family is just like this nuclear family. But it's it's actually, I guess, for you, maybe just to find like someone that you can open with and help each other out and yeah but I think that's all people like I think people have a hard time trusting which is like that but really like nobody ever just just talks to their family or just you know yeah you sit down every how many times a week do you go to dinner with a friend like yeah yeah it's and you think but like but rethinking what family means like and you know like people call their friends brothers and sisters and things like that like I think that does happen a lot especially when you come from um I just think of people who do do that. Yeah, like they actually, that friend too, like they didn't really have a strong support system at home. So it was very easy for them to like, even at a young age, be like, this is like someone I'm going to consider family. Like I call in an emergency. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I used to um, kind of like play that game with my friends, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, how do you define your friends? You know, like what kind of friend are they based mm-hmm. on like a scenario? Like, who would you call if you, if your car broke down in the middle of the highway? Yeah. Like, give me the top five people, you know? Who would you call if you were thrown into jail and you needed to, like, yeah. have someone bail you out, you know? Yeah. Like, who are these people? Yeah. And that gives you that perspective that these are the people that you trust to see you at your lowest of lows. Yeah. And still be able to face them with like, this is me. And we accept each other for who we are and what we are. And this is what family really is. Some are preachers, some are gay. Some are addicts, drunks and strays. But not a one is turned away when it's family. 
Some are lucky, others ain't Some are fighters, others faint Winners, losers, sinners, saints It's all bad So you said like you give them such like a warm like happy vibe Like it's like I didn't even like really meet you the first time I went to your dinner. <laughs> you were like running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Then I like went to the pub. Yeah, we like texted about about the interview and then I went to the pop-up dinner the other night and she just like gives me the biggest hug. It was just like, I was like, oh, like I feel like we're friends already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we did meet before. Is but, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know, no, not in it. It was like, no, it was just like nice because you never really know. Like sometimes you'll meet people a bunch of times exactly. like, and people sometimes are awkward about hugging or whatever, but I was just like, oh, Okay, I get like this is great. Like, yeah, I'm a hugger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anybody like? Did Did you have any like experiences where somebody was like kind of really like reserved at first, and like by the end was like totally yonified? Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a couple of them that are just like I don't know what this girl's about. You know, <laughs> she's crazy. She's traveling and cooking. You know, and then they go to the dinner and they're just like, oh, this is so awesome, and then you. They feed off that, you know, energy of just like people having fun. And they're like, at the end of the night, they're like, yeah, I want to do more of this. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, convert. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing about like building empathy is like exposure to other people and cultures. And like, yeah, like food is just such a wonderful way to do that. But also when they get to like meet you and like be in like maybe you're in their home or like in someone else's home, it's like, it's like really it's not a safe, it's a safe space, but it's not like the way that people like, yeah, if you go to a restaurant and it's fusion food, whatever, there's all this pretense around it. It's like, yeah. I enjoy it in this like box this, yeah. Yeah, of what that's supposed to mean instead of like really like um, an all encompassing experience. Well, yeah. you put people a little bit outside their comfort zones and yeah. I can see how for a lot of people that is not the zone they like to be in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's like, you know, filled with candy and gold. It's like, yeah. it's just, that's not my area of comfort. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, yeah, it's really cool that you're able to, to bridge that. So you're saying like, you know, there's some people a bit more hesitant. I oh, think yeah. for some people, it's just like, they, they didn't, they, well, uh, growing up in the same community. Yeah. Like those, like, what is it? I think the biggest factor to find out who your best friends are is proximity. Exactly. For most people. It's just like, you coincidentally live down the street from me. You're going to be my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we go to the same school. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's pretty much it. So, yeah. but I guess we were actually watching your North Dakota one. Oh my God. Which <laughs> I think would be like, I've, I've lived in rural like Colorado and they've yeah. never, like I'm Asian and they just, they're not mean about it. They just look at you like an alien. Oh, they yeah. just never even seen someone like that. Well, not only that, I have a shaved head and colored yeah, hair. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, uh, they're just probably like, what is this girl? Yeah, but I literally spent 24 hours in North Dakota. That was probably like the shortest, one of the shortest solos I've ever done was because I was in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I was like, trying my darnest to like find a contact in North Dakota. And then no one was just responding like Grand Forks, um, Fargo. I reached out to the couchsurfing community there, the Airbnb. No one was like responding at all. <laughs> right. Like and, Philippines. <laughs> yeah. And then like I went to, um, I finally resorted to Twitter. And then out of nowhere, this lady from Twitter, mind you, she's like part of this like sustainable 
movement that they want to bring more farmers and, you know, stuff yeah. in North Dakota. They want to encourage more of that. And she found me and she was like, maybe I can help you out. And I'm like, well, you can help me out by housing me. <laughs> and then maybe we can find a place to do the dinner. And then she was like, well, I can't really house you for that long because I have a teenage daughter and, you know, we are our family. And I know how people are with when it comes to like strangers, obviously, they have no idea who I am. Yeah, and they just like found me on Twitter. Yeah. And plus I'm bringing a friend with me. Like, yeah. what? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, so for her to even, you know, take that leap to like open up her house, her family to me and my friend and was pretty much like, you know, driving us around to the, to the places that I could possibly source food from. And mind you, North Dakota, especially Bismarck is like, a major food desert. Like all you have are like Applebee's, TGI Fridays, and then like a Walmart Supercenter, you know, and you're just like thinking, I'm like, where am I going to get like the produce that I want or like the things that I need, you know? And it was the only place that didn't have banana leaves. <laughs> <laughs> like there was just no Asian market there, you know? Nope. Um, so yeah, it was a little insane. Um, so I got there at 5.30 in the morning from Minneapolis. Um, she picked us up. We slept for like three hours, went to all the markets, prepped for the dinner. And mind you, there was like only four people. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah. that. I didn't know if that was yeah. the dinner. Or that, that was, was like, the <laughs> dinner. <laughs> hey, you did it now. <laughs> yeah, and we, we did it at a, at a universal Unitarian church. Cool. And and that was like the first time I've ever heard of such a thing, you oh, know, really? like I'm just yeah. like, what is a universal Unitarian church? And they're like, oh, wait, all religions are welcome, la la la. And I'm we like, believe in everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. You know, it's like everyone just loves everyone. This is great. <laughs> um, and then the lady who was like supposed to be like the kind of like the docent of the church, um, to, just to make sure I don't fuck up their kitchen or whatever. Um, she <laughs> was, uh, she was actually in the Philippines during martial law, which was like one of the darkest days, you know, in yeah. like Philippine history. Um, and she was retelling me her experience from a foreigner's perspective, being there in that country. And it just became such an awesome dinner because for her, it has been a long time that she's had Filipino food, you know? So she came back, she was in the Peace Corps, and I was like, what? This is insane. (laughs) Like, how random is this? Well, you were meant to, that was the the dinner you were meant to serve. Exactly. Um, And then, yeah. And then after that, like, they took us around to some of the sites in Bismarck, North Dakota. And then we boarded a bus again to go to Montana at 3 a.m. So then that was it. (laughs) (laughs) So I <laughs> I liked in the video though, I mean, it's kind of a sad part, but it just really stuck out to me was I you guys talked a little bit about what happened with Native Americans oh, yeah. in North Dakota. When they um, down put the dam on the Missouri River, they flooded uh, certain areas of which our Native American people live, oh, Indian no. tribes. So lots, that's the tragedy. And it just made me just think about maybe just because I read your story about what happened in the Philippines and what was inspiring you to like donate some of your profits from from the dinners and Uh it's just like this human experience that I wonder do you do you feel like 
that happens a lot going through these different states, just like the end of the day, like, yeah, we're all people. Everyone has these tragedies that are that, marked in your... Yeah. Um, and it resonates a lot, especially when, you know, I learned the history of certain states. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think I was in Jackson, Mississippi, um, and that's where the Jim Crow laws were and that basically just got lifted not too long ago, yeah, you know, and you can still feel that energy in that city where there's still a tension between white and black, you mm-hmm. know, and it's sad because I'm like, what year are we in right mm-hmm. now? You know, like this is a little crazy. And then the more that I talk about it and I'm just like, how is this even possible in like our own history as humans, you know? And, um, and it, you know, it's, but, but it is what it is, you know, at the end of the day, like this is the past and the thing that we can do is move on and just progress forward versus having to revert to that. But it's like, I was in uh, the Badlands in South Dakota and then we went to like the, like the burial ground of like the wounded heart. And I'm like, why is this like a, Bad you know, it, yeah. yeah, like why is this a monument? Why do people come here? And then my, you know, the guide was like, oh, this is where um, the Native Americans were killed in a massacre. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so why, <laughs> like, why, is this, are, we, why are we here? <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> like, this is not supposed to be, you know, <laughs> monument. Like, part, I'm, like, yeah. my, I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, you know, coming from a third world country that ha- also has gone through so many Fair of these of tragedies and struggles and, and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they need. They just. There needs to just be more pop up dinners. Yeah. strangers all over. Yeah, exactly. Let's all come together. It's Eat true. food. It's true. Everyone loves food, and it's the one thing we all have to do, or we die. Yeah. So. Good and some sweet and low. Yeah, you got some silverware, but really, are you eating no? Yeah. Are you eating no, nigga? Are you eating no? Breakfast, lunch, and dinners for beginners. I think also too with the the way that you just like pick all the food from the local area it's the emphasis it's the emphasis on the process than than the actual ingredients of like what makes food i guess food food like or what it makes it yeah like culturally relevant than being like it followed a specific recipe because exactly. you seem like you wanted to be picking it local because that's like yeah and it's also something that they can relate to you know mm-hmm. if it's something that um it's familiar, yeah. familiar with, you know, but just presented in a different format, you know, then why not, you know? And it's nice for them to see their local ingredients in a different, in a different Context, light. Yeah. yeah. Well, what were some of your favorite, like, like surprises food wise, like, you know, with using local ingredients? Like, what was some of your, like, fa- favorite this is better. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of fell in love with like sunchokes, you know, because they're like they're delicious. They're delicious. I'm like, oh, there needs to be more sunchokes. <laughs> Get rid of potatoes. <laughs> I mean, sorry, potato lovers, but um, I discovered kohlrabi and um, all these amazing greens that, like, I think there's one called minutina, which is like a uh, really spicy and it looks like fern but it's not you know oh like, I know what you're talking about yeah and it's just like 
I'm like, I don't even know how to eat this or where to do it in or like what kind of dish I'm supposed to do it with, you know, but I'm just like, I I feel like a child, like discovering the world all over again, that I just go crazy at the farmer's markets. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God, what is this color of tomato? You know, like, (laughs) this is so cool. You know, like I've seen pink tomatoes for the first time and I'm like, this just blew my mind. Pink (laughs) tomatoes. Yeah. Nature is like the most beautiful colors and shapes. Like we just, we just like, when you go to the, the grocery store, you see tomatoes or cucumbers or whatever. It's like, that's just because the everyone else everyone wants, wants it. Like, well, it's the consistency factor, right? Like yeah. they'll return things like heirloom tomatoes are always like broken and like have these like weird extra knobs. Yeah. It's like they don't sell them in grocery stores because people will be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. They're fucking delicious. You go to Whole Foods and pay $15 for one. But I, know. <laughs> I know it's so uh, expensive. Um, but yeah, no, that's so cool. I love it. Colors like, I think the colors of nature are also just so incredible. I'm just like obsessed with color, but <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> I know hair, 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 hair sisters. <laughs> She's always changing the color of her hair, but she don't use nothing that you buy at the store. What lies in the future? If so, you've hit all fifty states. Um, you, yeah. So 50 states and actually the Canadian tour, it was a little under, yeah, it was a little under the radar because I was like, (laughs) well, no, not only that, (laughs) not because it's Canada, mind you, I enjoyed Canada, but I felt like, you know, people were still not sure if I was done with the 50 states at that time. And I just went home to the Philippines and basically all I did was like, tell everyone that I knew in Canada that I was doing a Canadian tour and I guess the rest of America didn't like really care <laughs> that I was going to Canada. <laughs> so it was oh, like, Canada, whatever. Yeah. So the hardship, the the difficulties have not stopped you. You're like, no, I'm just going to continue on this crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, and you're doing South America next? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it made more sense to just finish the Americas. Yeah. You know? So I did North America and now I'm doing Central and South. And so then we'll be how, done. How long? <laughs> then it'll be done. How long is, <laughs> how long is that or is that trip? Like do you have it like and when does it start and all that? Well, I'm going for six months. Okay. Um I think that's a good time. That's enough time for me to like explore most of the countries and uh I'm starting in Colombia in Bogota. <sighs> when are you going? January fourth. Meow meow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and I land there January 5th and like five o'clock in the morning. So I'll see the city wake up. That would be so interesting, you know? Um, but I don't know because I've, I wanted to do like the whole of South America, but since I'm still a Filipino citizen, I don't have an American passport. <laughs> so you have to get visas. I have to get visas in certain countries, but the other ones actually, it benefits me to be a Filipino citizen because I can just stroll in. Argentina and Chile, definitely oh, I want to go to yes. those. But Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia, I can just go. Mm-hmm. No problem. So if I can't go, I'll just stay longer in one of the other one places. of these um, countries and just go explore. Kind of like an open-ended <laughs> tour. <laughs> we'll see. That's awesome. Do so you ha- has has been traveling like that also been something you've always wanted to do? Yeah. Um, and I've I've always been like a 
I would say like an explorer slash wanderer. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I think I've always had that in, in me. Like ever since I was a kid, I loved going through the different islands in the Philippines, traveling and just being on planes was so magical for me. And uh, um, especially when I was here in America, I was just like, there's so much to see of the world, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like now it's, it's so perfect to just be able to do that. And being able to travel and do what I like to do is, is a luxury in, in itself, you know, cause it's hard enough to like travel alone. You know, it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of planning. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just lucky that I found something that I really love doing and it works. Both of them together work. So Awesome. So are you doing this in collaborations? So if people wanted to go to one of your pop-up dinners, how, yeah. um, I mean, they could follow you on social media, but like how, <laughs> where do they buy tickets? Is it always through the same thing or? Um, right now, like Feastly, for example, um, they're out here in um, North America and just see the United States. And I think they're expanding, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to get on their platform when it comes to like different currencies um, mm-hmm. when I go to different countries. So I'm going to explore and see if there are local, you know, versions. platforms mm-hmm. like that, like South American versions of it. So we'll see how, how that goes. If not, there's always the, just give me cash. <laughs> <laughs> cash is king. Cash is king. Cash is king. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What if you, what if someone wants to host? Oh, please host me. <laughs> um, yeah, like, Email is one of the best places to contact me because I always check my email. And <laughs> Actually, here's my number. <laughs> oh, that would be hard because I don't have WhatsApp yet. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's kind of funny because most of my friends, like now we're at an age where everyone's settling down, getting married and all that stuff. And they're all like, hey, I want to send you my invitation. Which address did I send it to? And I'm like, my email address? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that stays with me. Exactly. <laughs> and I can access it anywhere. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights. Oh, that. oh, thank you. This was awesome. This is such a good conversation. <laughs> I loved it. Um, so how do people find you? Um, so Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is Salo Series. So S-A-L-O-S-E-R-I-E-S. And then for email, it's the same, Series at gmail.com. Awesome. So make sure that you follow her. And honestly, her food is so delicious. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Um Make sure you follow and hang out and go to host a pop-up dinner, maybe. Yes, please. Or come meet me. Or come meet her. Yes. This is all about community (laughs) and interaction. So we love that. Um, Oh, and I'm going to Cuba. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yes. Okay. Tell us about Cuba. So um, I've partnered, again, collaboration (laughs) um, with um, this organization called Cultural Contrast. So they organize like yoga retreats or culinary tours. And they've picked me as like a a culinary ambassador to bring people to Cuba and experience Cuba with me. So it's actually going to be the, the end of my central and South American tour. I will, that will be the finale. So, um, it's in June 22nd. So we still have time (laughs) (laughs) to sign up and to sign up. Um, and you know, there's only 20 slots that are available. 
So um, if you're a couple, it's like 3,500 each. If you're single, it's 3,800. But it all it's all inclusive in terms of hotel, food, drinks, um, and the activities. And they also process your visas. So it's a one-stop shop. It's amazing. It's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, and airlines. Sorry. Yeah, like, and yeah. airfare. That's yeah. great. And it's leaving from New York, I'm guessing? It's leaving from Miami, actually. From Miami. Is that just Cuba or is that some of your other... No, just, just Cuba. Just Cuba has this whole Cuba. encompassing but, yeah. package. But because Cuba isn't open to like regular tourists yet. Yeah. So, so, that's I so if you want to do that, yeah, it's a special visa. Like it has to be like educational or something yeah, for you to be able to. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that's Cultural cool. ambassador. Hey. Yeah. I want to I want to go to Cuba before it's open to everyone exactly. else. Come. Yeah. And then we'll do a podcast there. Maybe. Yeah. Hey. 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 <laughs> Maybe we can partner with Emily and Peace Boat. <laughs> yeah. And bring Peace Boat to Cuba. Maybe. Oh man! Awesome. Um, okay. <laughs> so so much collaboration. So if you would like to collaborate with us and tell us about your feedback or share your stories, if you've been at like a pop up dinner or you just something connected with you, please let us know. Um, and please follow us: Instagram, Twitter, Twitter Periscope, Periscope, especially super special Periscope, Snapchat, Snaps, Facebook. All of that is at. Chill Ambitious and the website is chillandambitious.com. It is. And um, we'll have show notes. Yes, show notes. And research and All other goodies. And Pictures yeah. of Yana's cool hair. <laughs> 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 okay, well, thanks for listening. We really love you. Bye. 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 <laughs>